<laughs> so well. And welcome to the Extra Base Podcast. I am Jeevo and... I'm Roger. Hey, mate. How you going? How you going? Good, mate. How you been? Good, mate. Oh, you know, it's been a, it's been a minute. Oh, been, yeah? Uh, been doing a workout today. Oh, yeah? Another another plyo workout. Very good. Yeah. How's, how's the arm feeling? Oh, yeah, it's all right. It's all right. <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> You'll let me know right. tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, I was watching Bathurst today. That was, oh, yeah? that was my highlight. I know you were doing your your uh, your kitchen. Yeah, so. my never ending kitchen. I was waiting for you to come over yesterday for barbecue. Nah, mate, I was working yesterday. So uh, that's why the that's why the Wednesday gear is still nice and clean. We did we did the beef <laughs> we did the beef brisket. You missed out. Oh, that would have been good. It was. It was always good. You know that. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> so uh, tonight's special guests, Roger, multiple, yeah, plural. plural, all that business. Mate, we've got uh, all of the head coaches from the New South Wales State League. Now, Blacktown, MacArthur, Borkham Hills and Ride. Yep. And, uh, mate, this, this is going to be a fun chat. Definitely be good. So I'm going to see if I can get them in, in order. Let's see if I can do this. I'll probably screw it up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it's kind of order. Hang on, yeah. I can move them around. Afternoon, gentlemen. <laughs> Afternoon. Well, Matt left Changed. this already. <laughs> Change <laughs> towers. <laughs> so Matt, Matt's, Matt's on the way home. So you know, it's um, yeah, he's going going to rejoin us shortly. So I've got to move Mitch over here, and then Phil's there, and then Matt's going to go back over here. Well, wow, there you go. Look at that. So much right. So. Uh, Obviously, a week off this week, boys. So, uh, I'll accept you, Mitch. Obviously, you had um, awesome problems last night. Yeah, um, MacArthur. Yeah, yeah, they gave us a week off. It was a strategic possum placement. <laughs> well, yeah, unfortunately, your, your lights went out, so it's not good. But, um, yeah, it's what it is. So yeah, tonight, obviously, you know, we've got the four state league coaches. Um, obviously, you know, Ben from Blacktown, Mitch from MacArthur, Phil from Borkham Mills, and Matt from Ride. And uh, first of all, Ben, congratulations on the minor premiership. Thanks, boys. And uh, Rog, do you want to start with your questions? 
Yeah, um, we'll just uh, get you guys to briefly explain uh, your baseball history. Um, give us a condensed version. Um, obviously, we heard Matt's last week, but he can still give us a quick run through for anyone who missed it. Uh, we'll start with Ben, uh, since you, you got the minor prems. Yeah, well, um, well, I started off being, I've been playing for Blacktown since I was six years old. I've never played for another summer club. Wasn't very good. Um, tried my hardest. Uh, luckily, lucky enough to, um, been really lucky to play for some really, really good coaching. Um, as, as a player, you know, I, I try, the best way to describe me is I tried my hardest. And I did anything to help a team win. Um, but yeah, like, as, yeah, not very good. But I took that chance to um, to learn as much as I can. So hopefully, can pass some knowledge on to the younger younger guys now and and help out moving forward. So that's about it for me. Uh, I, I guess that's me. Yeah, I was just oh, saying, oh, Rod, you go for it. I was going to say, surely he's a bit more on, on Benny. Like, <laughs> seen him for years. He should have a little bit more than that. <laughs> oh, mate. How'd you get into coaching? Like, part of that, like, transition? Mate? Yeah. Uh, well, basically, yeah, I was – I coached the women's program at Blacktown for about four or five years, which – I was really lucky to do that because I was able to sort of cut my teeth there and make a lot of mistakes um, early on. Um, I'd always wanted to coach. I felt that was I always got. I've always had a passion for for helping people, and you know, I think coaching, if that's what it is, essentially, is just you know you have to you have to have a passion to to help other people get better. It's not not about winning or losing. It's not about, you know, it's not about success as such. Success for me is somebody getting better in their career. So, um, yeah, basically uh, after Clint Ramsey moved on from Blacktown, uh, I got a phone call from Lefty asking if I'd be interested. Uh, at that moment I decided to retire because I, I just think it's way too hard to to play and coach at the same time, especially when you're not, a top flight player. Um, I never wanted to be in a position where I I was putting myself ahead of people, so I decided to retire then and there. Um, and yeah, just it's a passion. Like every time I see a kid make a state team, a guy go to the ABL, um, a kid go from being a bench player to a starter, I, I think that's what coaching is about. You have to put you have to put your players above everything else. You have to put their success above everything else. Uh, and you know, the, the minute you're thinking about winning and losing as such, you're in trouble. I think you've you're really there to for the players. You know, they're they're the they're the stars. They're the people that are they're the people that are trusting you. The parents are trusting you to be the best you can for their kids. So for me, that that's what coaching is all about, and that's why I decided to get into coaching. So you know, I was a guy that didn't have very good coaching as a youngster, and until I got into grade, I didn't really get any good coaching. So that's a passion of mine is to try and instill that in as many people as I can. And really lucky to have a coaching staff the way I do with uh, Lefty, Pops, BJ, Craig, Spence, 
Um, you know, those guys all all stick to their roles and, you know, and I oversee everything else. So it makes my job a lot easier when I have such good guys where I know I can walk away from them and they're going to follow the company line and they're going to they're going to push a program forward. And at our club, that's what we push. We push development of individuals first. And when we can develop individuals, that's when you become a good team. So that's my passion for it. I, I love it. I, I, I like nothing more than watching kids and adults get better at this game. That's pretty, pretty in-depth, Benny. That's real good. Uh, Mitch, you want to give us a brief rundown of your... Uh, baseball career. Um, I never realised I had so much in common with, with Benny Maguire before. This is a, a educative experience. But um, I started at, at Orioles. I was uh, I was three and a half when I registered. Um, I was basically a mascot for the first season. Um, barely played a game. They thought I'd get bored of training after the you know first few weeks, and I just just fell in love with it. But you know, as like Benny said, I was I was terrible as well. I never made a rep side. Um, I, I think I was genuinely the kid some of the coaches hoped wouldn't show up the next year because they couldn't figure out where to hide me. Um, when I was 16, I'm, I made the Orioles under-18s and it's probably the only under-18s team I could have made because this is during the dark days of Auburn. We won one game for the year. Um, but uh, Jack Gaynor actually took some time to work one-on-one with me um, and, and help me figure some stuff out. And I guess puberty hit a little bit late. I got a bit stronger. Um and as a player, I'd probably say that I was a good second grader, um, you know, a, a guy that could could do okay in first grade on the occasion, but a quality second grader. And you know, as an old man, I, could, I guess I can still throw it around in third grade a little bit. But um, I think for me as a coach, uh, I got my start uh, under uh, Sean Smith at the the Orioles, coaching the under 18s and. Um, similar to Benny, I was able to make a whole bunch of mistakes. Uh, Sean was really patient with me, um, let me figure stuff out and didn't just want to take over. Um, and I think, you know, that really helped me grow. Uh, my first head coach gig, I, I got to coach the Western Sydney Boomers in the winter state league for their first two years and uh, learned a lot there before moving on to, to Sydney Uni and uh, the last couple of years taken over uh, at the, the Orioles. Um, but I think for me, it's, it's always been at the club you know i've been a, an oriole since i was three and a half um i was there as a junior during the glory days when we had 20 plus teams running around and you know some of the greatest coaches uh, in the country um you know with a first grade side that was dominant and i was there in the dark days when i think there was a year we won eight games for the entire club from first grade all the way back to 18s um and it, it was really some people that you know, like Jay Moyer and his old man and my old man and Kathy Morris, people like that, that, that really put it together to, to hold that club together. Because um, I think we were, we lived on the edge of folding for probably three or four years. Um, and so now that we, we can be competitive again, we owe a lot to those people. Yeah, I remember some of that. <laughs> it was uh, really tough. Um, yeah, well said, Mitch. Um, Phil, what about yourself? I know. You've uh, had a long career um, as well. I think, yeah, it's pretty, well, it sort of seems like it's the, the same theme. Like, I've been at Walker now, it's 27 years. Um, started there as a junior. Um, could have ended up a Winston Hills Warrior at the time, but I missed out on registrations on the day. Um, it's been 
it's been my home for the whole time. So I haven't really, I haven't really thought of anything else apart from being at Borkham Hills, to be honest. So it's been a priority. Um, you know, very fortunate that I got the opportunity when I did. Um, see, we've done some great things over the time. You know, it's been one of those, it's been one of those places where it's, um, you know, we're trying to, we're trying to be great every single year. So it's, we're very lucky with the coaching staff that we've got as well. Um, the guys are great. The young kids are great. The old blokes that stay around are great. Um, committee's great. They give us a lot of support. So it's been, it's been a great 27 years. I wouldn't change anything. I wouldn't change how'd anything. You, so it's. How'd you find the transition to coaching as well? Like, 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 like everyone else, you've been a, a, a former player transition to coach. Like how, how have you found was it hard? Was it easy? Uh, did you have to give up playing as well? I, I probably I made a decision that it, it's very tough to play and coach. We've seen a lot of guys do it over the years. Um, it's not easy to do that, to separate yourself from that. So I don't think you can play and coach. So it was a, it was a thing at a time when in winter I couldn't try a ball anymore. So I thought this is now my priority. So that was that was my transition into it. I think I, that was at like 26, 26 years of age when I couldn't just couldn't compete as a as a player anymore. So it was more that that's what I wanted to do. And I, I think from a young age, it's something that I wanted to do anyway, to be honest. I think it's um, it's just great to be around the people that we're around. So it's kind of a running theme. You know? And I'm sure Maddie's going to be the exact same. You know, we've all been we've all been led by by particular people, and we've been mentored and, and been around certain people. So it's more of a you know you want to try and keep something going and keep the flame alive. Essentially. Definitely. So, uh, Maddie, that brings us to you. Uh, I know we spoke last week um, about your playing career, but. Um, just want to briefly touch on it again and then again into coaching while you're still playing as well. So yeah. Started <laughs> off at the, uh, the Five Dog Falcons, uh, came through the ride pathway. And I guess coming through, I had uh, had some pretty good guys around the club, Toddy Nichols, Darren Phillips, who uh, Dutch, who taught me a boatload about baseball, about life. Um, and, and we're able to, I guess help mold me as a baseballer, but as a, uh, as a person, as a, as a coach. And then uh, after getting back from being in the US, I, I just wanted to be in a position where I could help and give back a little bit. And you know, I suppose like the other three guys, we, we love the game. We love our clubs. Uh, we want to see our clubs succeed. And uh, we all do as much as we can to help the guys around the club and, and help the club be successful. <laughs> So I guess that now sort of brings us on to, you know, the, the, our next question, and I guess, Ben, we'll start with yourself. Um, describe the season you've had and obviously, you know, the good the good parts of the season and also some challenges that you faced. Uh, yeah, we've, we've played really, really well. Uh, I'm still not sure if we've played our best yet, um, but we we haven't... 
you know, we've had games where we've come from behind, games where we've led from the start. We've we've had a really we've had a really uh, good bunch of guys that are just committed to trying their hardest every week, and it's it's something that I preach a lot is to have the will to win. Um, yeah, you know, lots of guys can go out there and have the will to be good for themselves or those sort of things. But I think once you come together and after you've done all your development work and practice and your repetition and all that, you, once you get to the game, you have to just have a will to win. And you know, we've had a game where we come back from 10, 10 down in, in the seventh. Um, we've had a bunch of games where we've walked them off, we've come from behind, uh, which to me just says that you've got – yeah, nine, ten, twelve. How many guys playing that game? Just pulling on the same side of the rope the whole time. Um, as far as difficult stuff, yeah. To lose nine guys to the ABL is a incredible feat for our club. But personally, when it comes, you know, you're trying to put a lineup together, and you know, you, you're missing your you're missing your entire pitching staff. And then it's a home series and you've got a couple of development guys and you lose your shortstop, you lose your centre fielder, you lose a catcher um, for half the season with with a foot injury. Um, that Those things become difficult because as all of these guys will know, it's a domino effect. Okay, you can take somebody from second grade up to first grade, then you have to take a third grade to second grade and so, so. Um but everybody that we have called upon has, has been incredible. Like we've got a kid like Geordie Martin who's hit 300 and I had to t- send him back to second grade one week. And I sent him a message just to let him know, hey, you've done nothing wrong. I get a picture of him with a, literally a photo of him and says, you doth, doth not have to worry about this, Benjamin. I will play wherever. Yeah, and to me, like, it killed me because he's an idiot. But that type of person is the exact is the epitome of a club person like he could have sat there and bitched and moaned and said that you know i shouldn't be this i shouldn't be that and he was like oh we'll play wherever i don't care i just want to play for blacktown and he's an incredible human incredible kid a really really good ball player and i think him uh nathan skinner has gone from being a full-time first grader back to a second grader this year um yeah, you know, even had a guy like Betty Martin start the year in second grade, and when I told him, he apologised to me for, for putting. I I understand that I'm not this and that, and I was, it just shows the caliber of person to to put the club in front of themselves all the time, and for every little hard thing that comes ahead, you know, people like that just make it so much easier because. Yeah, they're incredible people, and you know, to, to say this, there has been some hard times. As I said, like we we literally have lost five pitches this year to the ABL, so that means we've had to cover those innings, which is always hard. But with guys that we have in the lower grades that just understand what we need to do as a club, it, it makes my job so much easier. And yeah, I. I've been really happy with how they've gone because all I ever want from my guys is a will to win, um, them to put their hands up when they make mistakes, them to try the hardest. You try your hardest you've won in any sporting endeavour ever. And I, I truly I truly think that our guys have just put 
us in front of them all year. So I'm just really happy with how everything's been going so far. And a couple more weeks and we get to have a break. Yeah. And how about yourself, Mitch? What have, what have been some of the, uh, the the good and not so good that you've had this season? I think I think most people have no comprehension of what it means to be a head coach. And what I mean by that is, you know, there are a lot of guys who see the decisions we make on the field and, and want to, you know, pick them apart and, you know, should you have done that or should you have, you know, changed him or changed the picture. But that's really not the toughest thing about being a head coach. There are plenty of people that could do that. Um, it really is. It's, it's the time you've got to put in. Um, and it's all of the behind the scenes stuff that no one sees. Um, it's, it's, it's managing your roster. You know, you've got 50 plus guys. Um, you've got, you know, 40 starting spots on a, on a weekend and on any weekend, you know, you know, Benny might lose 11 to the AVL, but every week on top of that, people, you're losing guys to work, you're losing guys to holidays, you're losing guys. We're amateur athletes at the end of the day and you can't ask guys to give up work and family 100% of the time. So they're going to miss things. Um, and so managing that is one of the the most difficult parts of, of what it is. And so, you know, this year, I think there's been two games this entire season that we've had our complete first grade side on the park together. Um, we lost Dougie for the first part of the year. You know, Jacko had a uh, enforced holiday by the league for a few weeks there. We, we had rainouts. Um, you know, we, we really have to, um, and we probably don't run as deep as some of the, the other clubs uh, around. We um, don't quite have the pedigree. Um, you know, I like to refer to us, we're a working class team. Uh, you know, my centre fielder is a trainee high school student, a uh, high school teacher. My first baseman fixes machinery for a living. My right fielder is a, an engineer. Um, you know, like we, we've got a bunch of guys that haven't played collegiate baseball, haven't played professional baseball. But the thing that makes me proud as a coach is that they, they absolutely work their asses off and they're competitors. Um, you know, I think they, they just don't stop coming. Um, you know, guys like Shannon Hislop, who's, you know, 40 years of age, you know, raising two boys by himself and, you know, he hits three, four, five times a week and he'll go two for in a game and come and apologise to me because he doesn't think he, he did enough that day. Um, so so for me, the, the challenge has been just managing that roster because you can obviously only pay so many guys games up in first grade before you can't go back to second grade and, um, you know, and, and managing that to get three teams into the playoffs while doing that with everybody qualified where they need to be. Um, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty proud of that. Um, I also think seeing guys like Lockie Brook get their shot in the ABL this year, um, that, you know, that created a challenge for us, but but the kids worked so hard that, you know, seeing that happen, seeing Adam Bates get signed by the Red Sox, um, seeing guys go off to college. So I think we've sent 11 kids off to college in the last two years um, and we'll, we'll see off a, probably three more um, at the end of this year. These are the sorts of things that, that, that we're proud of. Um, the, the, again, the challenge is is getting the right team on the field every week. Um, and, and our boys have, have showed up. We we rely very heavily on our imports. We, um, I think we do it the best in the league. Um, I think Bolt recruits imports better than anyone. And I think if Blue Sox have got, you know, any brains about them, I'd have him on the phone um, asking him, you know, where his, where his sources are. But uh, so losing both Jason and Tino to the Blue Sox for most of the season, uh, really hurt us because we rely on those guys to fill gaps. But Campbell Harris, uh, Chris Fergie, uh, guys like that really stepped up and, and filled those holes when we needed them. And so I think the amount of guys that have played first grade this year is one of the things that, that I'm most proud of. And seeing a bunch of guys like 
Blake Chipperfield and Cody Franks get their first first grade hits. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's why we coach. And how about yourself, Phil? Look, I think um, like five years ago, I thought I'd come into this and I think you put together a plan and you think that you could rinse repeat something. I think five years of doing this now and, and everyone's probably in absolute agreement, but every season has been completely different. You know, we had one year that, that got cut short by COVID, then we had a full COVID short season and you think that you know exactly what to do and, and we don't, you know, like some things just change um some things just change on the fly um and you know we've lost a couple of players to to go overseas or or they've left the club um you know to pursue to pursue better opportunities and and so happy for them that they've had the opportunities that they've had um we've had a number of of injuries this year so fair few season ending injuries i think we're up to about five um which hurts but you know the guys that have stepped up that kept us in this position uh you know it's what has powered us through so you know we've had a number of of guys that would be full-time second graders step up and to become full-time first graders you know it's we've had six 15 16 year old kids playing first grade and just absolutely dominating and being being a part of it so it's been it's been very positive for us um to be in the situation and in the position that we're in so I'm looking forward to see what the next couple of weeks holds. And how about yourself, Matt? Uh, for us, from a first grade perspective, we started the year probably as bad as, as anyone. Uh, we struggled to get our first win. And and uh, we're a young team this year. Got a, a bunch of guys in their first year of first grade. And uh, I, sort of, I think that sort of aid on guys a little bit. But uh, once we got... The first one, we started to play better baseball. We loosened up. A couple of those kids really developed this year. Coop Wilson uh, and Logan Field have really stepped up for us, um, which was awesome. Injuries, we probably had the worst injury toll we have ever had. Uh, it seemed to be every week another guy got injured, whether it was a work injury or a baseball injury. But uh, hey, we overcame it. We got all four state league teams and our women in the uh, in the playoffs, which is something we're incredibly proud of. Um, uh, as I said last week, it's it's a different story now. It's nine innings. It's, it's playoff baseball. It's three games a week for first grade. So uh, who knows what's going to happen, but we're excited that uh, all of our teams have got a chance. So, yeah, looking forward to it. And, uh, Rod, did you want to go over the, um, you know, the, you know, Team, you know, who each one of them, you know, yeah. team to beat and, you know, why and... That's it. Um, like, who, who, who's your biggest, probably, um, concern? Uh, who do you think um, could be uh, a bit of a, a dark horse against you? Um, who's sort of had the wood on you through the season that you're worried about? Uh, just those sort of things. So we'll start with Benny, um, since you're um, first up. <laughs> I know it's cliche, but the the biggest worry is the next game. You know, it's a, you know, you lose one game in the playoffs, you're always one game away from elimination. So if you start looking too far ahead of yourself, you got you no chance. You know, if you're looking at you're looking at the green final, you're looking at who you might play week two if you if you don't win, you're not concentrating on now. So 
you know, all four teams have have pieces. You know, all four teams in the competition have the ability to win. For me, I'm just worried about us. I'm just worried about us. If we go out there and we pitch the ball like we can, we catch the ball like we can, we're a huge chance. And, um, you know, for me, I, I ain't worried about, about anyone else. Not to be rude to another team. It's not putting them down. It's if I'm, if I'm worried about somebody else, I'm not worried about us. And I'm just, you know, if we concentrate on ourselves, we'll be good. We'll give ourselves our best chance. I think uh, most guys might, might agree with that. Mitch, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, look, if, if you think any of us going to give you a truly honest answer in this forum, uh, you, you're probably you're probably dreaming a little bit there because I think you know we, we've all got stuff that we're going to going to hold close to the chest. But I think I think Benny's right that um, you know I, I think something that Blacktown did last year in the grand final against us is and in the semi-finals they they came with plans um, and they they approached it with a plan and I think that's that was the difference and um, you know this year we'll be thinking about each game that we play and how we can disrupt their plans. Um, you know, that's the goal, right? They want to get us away from our plan. We want to get them away from their plan. Whoever does that better is going to be the team that wins at the end of the day. Um, you know, if I, I look at last year, well, I think we had the best offense in the competition through the regular season. Um, then, you know, Matty Ray comes into the grand final series and just decides to shut our bats down for nine innings. And, and that was the end. And Strongy and Amos, who... Um, had been a little bit quiet at times, suddenly, you know, came out like just absolutely destroyed us offensively. So I think the team that wins is each series is going to be the team that does their weaknesses better than the other team. So, you know, it's no secret, Blacktown have got the deepest pitch in in, in first grade. Um, you know, all those ABL arms um, are out there. The, they've absolutely got, got the advantage there. But again the team that wins is going to be the team that's able to disrupt the the opposition there and i think all four teams have you know it's a it's a very interesting matchup um i think we hit quite deep but we've got a very young pitching roster um you know uh ride are, are probably the scrappiest team out there like uh, they're they're irritating to play against because they just never seem to go away um and they just find ways to to, to keep themselves in the game and you know 15 innings against Borco the other week shows, you know, how evenly matched we are. It was a, a three-all draw on the Wednesday night and a 15-innings walk-off when we used every player available to us. So I think I think all, like, I don't think that there is a standout team here. I think the team that can stay as closely to their plans as possible and can disrupt the opposition will be the team that, that is successful at the end. Um, and, and that's what we're going to be preparing to do, no matter who we're playing. Similar, similar thoughts. And every single team's got absolute supreme pitching. I mean, pitching's going to win. So, whoever can throw the ball the best is probably going to give their team the best chance to win. Um, it can play average to above average offense. Is going to is going to clear it. So, I think you look at every single team and their frontline guys are. You know, Australian guys or college guys or or junior Australian teams. So I don't. There's no there's no clear front runner. I don't think. I think it's it's going to be. There's not going to be any blowouts. It's going to be a pretty tight series for for everyone. I think. And 
I think if anyone thinks that they've got, you know, the leg up in some form, I think they're probably a little bit clouded, um, probably talking with a little bit too much passion. But I think that, you know, you look at every single pitcher that's in this roster for every team, it's, there's some unbelievable guys, you know, that have played 10 plus years of Claxton Shield or ABL, um, you know, smart, intelligent people. So it's it's going to come down to, you know, who can do the little things right with the bat. I think I think they're going to, they're not going to be blowout games. This is going to be a tough one, yeah, for sure. Nutty, yeah. Same, think, same thoughts as the other three, or yeah. Defense is going to be key this week, right? Or the next three weeks, everyone's got pretty good arms. Everyone's got arms that uh, have the ability to get swing and miss stuff. Um, as long as, as long as, or whoever fields the ball the best or catches the ball the best behind their guys, probably in a pretty good position. Scrap their way to a handful of runs, and you're probably a pretty good chance. So, but uh, yeah, I think it should be a good week or a good couple of weeks of baseball. Definitely, so, I see some high what, quality games this this series. That's for sure. So, what are your thoughts? I guess on you know the one versus the one versus two, three versus four format. Do you think that that's Still a good thing, or do you, would you like to change it up a bit? Or obviously, you're playing three game series, but you think that's still the way to go? Have your one versus two, and obviously get the second bite of the cherry, and your three versus four. What's up? Is that open to anybody, or yeah. what are we? Uh, we're looking at frozen? Penny. What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> I thought we were all frozen for a second. Yeah. Uh, screw it. I'm going to jump Sorry, in. Let's see Benny's still on my answers. Not enough. Nope. Look, while he's there, I'm going to jump in because he's been stealing my answers all night. So I'm going to take it. <laughs> um, look, I, I, think one, I, think it's, I think it's probably the best we've got right now. Um, I think as a league, we tend to be very reactive in the way we do things and, and we tend to to organize things late and so you know as long as we sort of work keep doing that it's difficult to change anything i think we missed an opportunity during COVID with the shortened season to try something a little bit different to think a little bit outside the box and um you know with the shortened season think okay maybe everyone plays each other once and we use that as seed-ins for a, a tournament type double elimination or, or triple elimination competition at the end of the season um or I'd like to see us think outside the box. I remember a while ago we had 16 playoffs um, and and that was interesting, but we had more teams in the competition back then. And with the limited teams we have, um, I think it makes it difficult. Um, Three-game series, I think, for first grade is essential. As we've said, any team can beat anyone on any one day and it, it would suck to be the, the team that, that rolls through and then you have one bad day in, in a six-month period and you lose a championship because of it. Um, I'd like to see us think a little bit further down the track and think about our competition structure as a whole and what we could do a little bit more innovatively and, and think a little bit outside of that to think maybe there's a more interesting format that we could play with. But again, we have a lot of volunteers that do the job. Um, and as long as there aren't people that are going to step into those roles and help, um, I think the one verse two, three verse four standard playoffs is probably the best we can manage with the resources we have. Yeah. I, I think if I jump in for a sec real yeah. quick, 
I think if uh, next year we go to 21 rounds, then time potentially becomes an issue. Um, and then at that point, then you may end up having to go the condensed 1v4, 2v3 to get the, uh, the playoffs done in two weeks. Uh, but if we go to 21 rounds, I've no doubt that everyone will get more baseball, which I think is a, a big thing for the league. So hopefully hopefully we can get more baseball for the guys because I know one of the common complaints of our club is lack of game time or lack of games. Yeah. I, um, I, I, I believe too with that, I, I think 1v2 is essential because if you win – you, you've worked your, your hardest to be top two teams in the competition. You win, you get a chance to set up your pitching staff to go into that to that three-game set. You know, if you go and you have to go into week two and you go into a three-game series, you might have to start your ace on the on the Wednesday, not the Sunday, and you can't start him on the Wednesday. I think it's essential that the top two teams get a chance. Whoever can win that battle can get a chance to line themselves up. I'm a completely disagree with what we do in this competition in the last how many years we get to the playoffs and try and rush it through. You play the entire season to get to the playoffs. We get to the playoffs and we're like, oh, we've got to rush this through because we need to end it. Makes no sense to me. I still, I personally, I can't understand or can't fathom how we go from two games a week to three when we have the MLB pitch smart rules. We go from a two-game week competition every single week and then we add a third and it comes down to the team who has the most depth if you go to game three a lot of the time. I got to the game three of the grand finals series last year. Maddie's beside me. She'll laugh at this. I got about four and a half minutes of sleep on that Saturday night because I was up all night just trying to figure out how I was going to get through nine innings of pitching. Because, you know, you pitch this guy, he goes over this amount of pitches he can't pitch tomorrow. You know, until they become, yeah, you know, over, what is it, 23, I think it is, when they, they don't really have a day's rest type of thing. But I, I truly, truly believe that 1v2 is essential because whoever wins that first battle gets a chance to line themselves up. Yeah. And that's important. How about yourself, Bill? Um, look, I, I obviously we're going to 21 rounds, like Mitch said, um, next year. I think that's a change. Um, I think that's a change for the positive. Um, I agree. You know, there's some other things that we could do, what those are. I mean, we could look at a whole bunch of different things, but what they are, I, I, I don't really I don't really have an answer. I mean, we look at so many things throughout the throughout the years and, and pinpoint what it could be. And... We try that, you know. We did something different this year by playing washout games, which was, which was huge. I think that was a, I think that was a great step um, by trying to play some games and and utilize those. You know, we need to look at we need to look at that moving forward, um, making sure that we get enough games in um, for everyone. Obviously, it's a it's an expensive sport, so people are paying a lot of money to play. So we need to look at that. Um, but I think Benny brings up a good point. I mean, I think we we play a two-game series every week for first grade and then you're expected to double up um, on a Saturday or Sunday in a three-game series or, a, you know, whatever the scenario is with washouts and whatnot because generally speaking, this time of the year there's rain. So that happens quite 
quite often. So I think there's, you know, no idea is a bad idea, but I think we need to look at, I guess, how we how we structure it. And, you know, I know a lot of people are talking about taking away Wednesdays and, you know, you just lose that that aura of what the league is for first grade. It's two games a week. You know, I, I, I disagree with that. I think we need to play more, you know, but what does that look like when you're talking about guys missing for for weekends away and, and work and whatnot? But you got to work it out, I guess, if that's the way that the league wants to go. So I, I think at the moment it's as best as we got it, um, and it has been, it has been that for a long, long time, far before my time. Um, it's been, it's been what it is now, especially when it gets to finals time. So I think we're in the situation of what it, it is, it is, but we need to, we need to look forward and try and find a solution, you know, an amicable solution across the board for everyone. Yeah. I don't think there is anything that's right at the moment. You know, do you move games? Do you extend the season out? Then you bump into winter. You know, obviously it's not what we care about right now. We care about this, but there's there are other conflicting things that that might take precedence. So I think it becomes a little bit becomes a little bit difficult. It's not just as easy as saying we need to do this. Yeah. So I think there are new challenges we're facing as well. There are more guys going to college now than have ever gone before. You know, when we were coming through, it was only the best that went to college. It was the that absolute sort of one percent of guys that were good enough to go. Whereas now we've got guys going off to play deep div three. We've got guys to JUCOs all over the country, um, and we're missing that like a career first grader isn't as common as it used to be. Um, and for this league to survive, it's the it's those career first graders that are going to is really going to make this thrive it's the it's the the tim nelson's it's the keen howard's it's the um you know it's it's the, the hislops it's those guys that are going to prepare to play a first grade season but while we're missing this sort of 19 to 24 age bracket um there is a big drain on resources and i think there has to be some thinking about it i think what you find though mitch is that those guys will come back like whether or not they stay and they sign or you know, they, they go and coach for years and years and years, they'll come back. So it's there's that little period there where you're going to find yourself sitting there thinking, who have I got in two years' time? You get this, you get a plane coming back from, from LAX that has a whole bunch of guys that want to that come back and play. So there's a, Absolutely. There's a rinse repeat sort of cycle. And I just, I don't think we're there. That is a league though. We're, we're two years away from, from that, or at least our club is. Um, and so we've got to survive that, that middle period. And if we don't, you know, if, if suddenly we're, we don't have that, um, maybe those guys don't want to come back and play for a club that's, that's struggling at that point. I would hope that most of those guys would, but it seems like they get all getting married over there and, uh, and not coming back. I can't blame them. But it's, um, yeah, I think we're, we're in that two-year period right now where we've got to survive. And then, like you said, we'll get that, those guys leaving and guys coming back in. Do you, do you guys think in the future maybe they look at doing double headers on a weekend or do you think it's better just to stick with the format we've got? You need the format we've got. With three games series. Yeah. You need the just format with, that we've got because, yeah, you, you have a... Sp- you have a specified rule where guys under a certain age, if they throw X, Y, Z amount of pitches, they have to have a certain amount of days off. So what yep. will end up happening, in my opinion, if you have double headers on a Sunday, just say, 
your lower grades are really, really going to be hurt by it because you're going to have to hold so many pitches in first grade as a just-in-case that, you know, the reason why second grade and third grade used to be stronger years ago, if you think before we went to a two-game series in first grade, your your fourth and fifth pitcher in first grade were second graders. And then your second grade pitchers were third grade guys. So what will end up happening if you have to play double headers is you'll end up having – you'll have to carry – Minimum six pitches in first grade. Mm. That's a minimum across all, every single team will have to carry minimum six guys. So all of a sudden, second grade is going to be decimated, which means third grade will then be decimated and 18s will be decimated. Yeah, to me, whilst you have those pitch mark rules, which I completely agree with, by the way, I don't want to come across that I'm, I'm against them because we don't want to be overthrowing young kids. But while you have those hard and fast rules and they're so strict that you cannot pitch for three days if you throw X amount of pitches, I think you need to have that break in between so you can you, you can at least stick to those rules. Because mm. some of them, you know, especially last year when I lost all those ABL pitches, it was it's very hard because you're sort of like, okay, this guy's this guy's twenty years old, so if he throws over 60 pitches this week, he needs to have three days off. And if you go uh, Wednesday to Saturday series, you're in trouble. You can't do it. He won't be able to throw the next game. So you're, you're constantly fighting that battle. And I think if you condense it more, you do all you're going to end up doing is there's going to be more guys that play first grade that probably shouldn't be there yet. And that makes it worse across the board, in my opinion. Yeah. So I guess moving on to our, our next question um, for each of you, and I guess you know, we'll start with you, Ben. Who, who was your standout player of the season so far, and not just from your club but from the whole comp? Um, from us, uh, a huge piece for us this year is uh, Lachlan Bajowski has been huge for us. I think he's got to be top one, top two defensive shortstop in the league. Uh, he's really come a huge long way with his bat. Uh, he hit, hit near 400, I think, um, with a little bit of extra base power. Tyrone Fergie was huge for us, you know, especially during that ABL period. Harrison Riley, uh, Josh Strong's always a, a huge one. Across the league, um, I really, really like uh, Tim Nelson. I, I think he's an incredible player. Every time I, you know, face him, I, I just think he's a, such a good uh, centre fielder. Um, but yeah, everybody, every t every club. If you even look one through through last, every club has a player that's like, oh, I could I could use him. Yeah, I think everybody, one of us, could say the exact same thing. There's there's a fair bit of talent through this league, you know, and it's um, yeah, I've I've been a lot. Lockie's been huge. I, I, yeah, anyone here can tell you if you've got a lockdown shortstop, you've got a guy. I've never seen a guy catch a pop up better than Lachlan Majowski. The kid's a shark. He'll he'll try and take one off the center fielder. He'll try and take one off the first baseman if he gets a chance. I've never seen a guy. The key to catching a pop up is wanting to catch it, and he's been incredible for us so far this year. Um, yeah, like you know, Kyle Wallington. He's he's started slow. He's come hot. Josh Pearl, I think we ended up with about six or seven guys that hit over 300 this year. 
Um, so yeah, my, for me, if I if I had to pick right now, it'd be Lachlan Vajarski. Yeah. Okay. How about yourself, Mitch? Look, I did say Benny keeps stealing my answers, and uh, uh, Tim Nelson is at absolutely the top of my list. Um, you know, he, in one of our group chats a few years ago, his uh, his nickname was uh, "I slapped to the right side" because every base hit he got was a you know a CNI single through the three four hole. Um, <coughs> he was a nine hitter, um, but this year he's had an absolute standout season. It started in winter, I think. Um, we saw him at Sydney Uni start to thing and and. Again, it comes down to the fact that he, he works his absolute ass off. He, he works at RBI. He hits multiple times a week. Um, he loves it, and you know, as a centre fielder, he's he's just hungry. He um, and I, I I don't think he always gets his full due in centre field because I think he catches balls that he makes look regulation that other centre fielders would probably be laying out for. Um, you know, a few years ago we played a lot of games at Hammondville with that deep centre field, and there were catches he's run off in the darkness. You couldn't see him, and he'd come back with the ball. Um, it was just you know absolutely you know phenomenal watching him and i'm um you know I don't, I don't know how long it'll be until an abl team turns around and sees him as the the next michael campbell you know the, the local homegrown guy that's, that's gonna you know make good up there um and for me it's there's a rotation of guys where we've had to play up through first grade but through injuries and abl and um suspensions and things like that but you know i've had campbell harris and blake chipperfield and uh chris fergie uh chris frietta um these are all guys that have, have had to fill in at various points throughout the first grade season and um every one of them have stepped up and got it done we played young cody franks up there last week against Cronulla, and he comes out and gets three hits um it was it's, it's been really good to watch and see um these guys just fill roles and whatever we've asked of them they've done it um you know but at the top of my list is tim nelson i, I did him dirty yesterday i told him he might be able to throw him in the second grade and we pulled out on him at the last minute so he's probably upset at me and uh but i'll, I'll hopefully make it up to him uh coming up how about yourself Bill? look mate we've had we've had a number of guys that have helped us keep, keep afloat um you know we've had a we had a purple patch throughout the season we had a bit of a lull um guys like lachlan mccarthy it's just you know been a been a constant for us throughout the season um josh natai josh natai 16 year old kid you know throw him in his first grade at, at third base and he's just owned it um shane castle's come up um you know perennial cricketer you know he's just just keeps learning and keeps getting better and keeps developing um had a heap of guys that have contributed throughout the season um like a, a, a lock on mccarthy like i said has just been this constant for us um really pleased sort of how he's matured um you know we tr I treat him as an old bloke but realistically he's still only a young guy um he's been a leader in the team um, he took over court duties from maddie bennett which wasn't probably the, which is probably the hardest job that he ever had to do um so he's had a he's had a great year he's been been rock solid for us with the stick with defense um but there's obviously a lot of mentions you know around josh natai luke clapson played shortstop for us throughout the entire season um he'll be missing for us in the playoffs because he did his hamstring in that macarthur 15 inning game um so we're gonna we're gonna do it we're gonna get through it but you know those guys have been have been constant for us all year um, yeah. Mitch Ellison's been fantastic for us out in centre field, um, just providing us 
fantastic defense throughout the entire season. So we've been we've been pretty luxury, like pretty lucky with those guys. So to maintain them throughout the year. Yeah. So they'll be the ones that are key parts for us in the playoffs for sure. Yeah. How about yourself, Matt? Uh, for me, Jesse O'Connell's been a big part of the middle of the lineup for us. Uh, older guy, been around a few years back from college. Uh, he provides that calming influence for some of the kids. Um, Cooper Wilson, his first year of first grade, has, has probably exceeded everyone's expectations. Offensively, he's been, he's been solid. And defensively, he's catching everything. Um, and then on the on the pitching side, uh, Quanton, our uh, our import, racked up a hundred strikeouts, which which is handy. And uh, and Benny Kay, who was in the Aussie under 18s team, uh, he just seems to be a cool cat. You know, you put him in a uh, bit of an awkward situation and uh, just has a nice slow heartbeat and stays uh, stays pretty even keel. So. They're the main four probably that stand out for me, but yeah, I think everyone will agree. The reason we're in this position is because at some stage, everyone on your team has contributed and, and it's not the, the nine guys in the lineup. We're probably talking 20, 25 guys that have done something at some time to, to help the team win. Yeah. And I think that's really important to, to a first grade squad being successful. You need depth. Uh, you need a good second grade team that you can draw on and, and, and kids coming off the bench and, and getting key hits or making key plays. Yeah. And I guess the last question we have for all of you, uh, <laughs> yeah, well, a bit of a rhetorical question really, but um, yeah, who's the favourite, who's the underdog and who takes it out? So Ben, if we, we'll start with you. The screen just froze, guys. Blacked out, blacked out, blacked out. It's all right. The favourite is whoever plays defence the best, and the underdog is whoever plays defence the best. How about that? I'm not, I'm not giving no one nothing here. <laughs> <laughs> we're happy with where we are. Sort of I'm expected. pretty sure the other three teams are the same. Yeah. How about yourself, Mitch? Oh look, I think the I think the Tigers have got a real shot this year of climbing out of the wooden spoon. Um, you know, for, for our baseball, I think um, it, the Ill Illawarra Flame have got a, probably a good crack. I, I mean, look, you're not going to get it. Like we all we all know what we have to do to be the team we need to be to to win it at the end of the day. Yeah, um, no one wants to be labelled an underdog. No one wants to be labelled a favourite. Like you know. I think the thing that the head coaches all have in common and successful head coaches, we, we don't think in those those terms. Um, you know, we have to believe 100% that our players are capable of doing what we need them to do to get what we need. Um, at the moment, we start labelling ourselves an underdog or creating false narratives to try to, you know, if, if you're using a false narrative to inspire your players, then, then that's not what coaching's about. You know, it's about true belief. It's about really believing that if you get it. And, of course, you're going to games sometimes knowing you've got to do everything right to win this game. But you have to believe that you're capable of doing everything right to get it done. Um, you know, um, I think that's that's what's really important. So, yeah, I I think everyone's going to avoid any kind of labels yeah. going in. I'm trying to be a little bit different and get some viewers up. Um, look, I think um, I think everyone's got 
everyone's got pitching. Everyone's got great pitching to win this thing. Obviously, um, certain clubs, top right corner, he's got a lot of pitching. He's got a heap of depth. Um, but everything's still got to click on the day, right? Every team's good enough to beat anyone on their day. So there's teams here that have better offense than they have pitching. And then there's teams that have better defense than they have offense and and so on. So, um, yeah, I think we're all in this situation and we've all got the ability to to get it done. And I think it'll be interesting to see what happens. I think there's so many, there's so many different variables. Um, there's so many different things that could take place. So if everyone, if everyone's on their day, it's going to be, you know, however many games are great baseball. I think it's going to be good to watch. Yeah. And yourself, Matt? I think baseball will be the real winner. And I think Benji Marshall's got his uh, his work cut out for him. <laughs> uh, and that's from a tight end. I suffered a and that was horrible. Yeah, okay. Well, um, I guess, look, guys, um, we wish you all the best. Obviously, finals start Wednesday night, I believe. So, um, And uh, Ben, you take on Mitch, and Phil, you take on Matt. So could be a – hopefully – well, obviously, no, Mitch isn't playing Phil, so – Straight away, we've got out of the uh, the 15 innings, 16 innings, 27 innings games. Hopefully, it's, um, we can have a repeat of those. Uh, like a, a nice nine-inning nine game, which is a one-run ball game. Not uh, yeah, not going into extras. Obviously, that, that sort of hurts clubs too, with obviously pitching and things like that. But... Um, now, look, wish you guys all the best. Um, you know, may the best team win um, at the end of the day. And, you know, Ben, have you got any final thoughts, anything you'd like to like to add? No, not really. Just can't wait to get it going. And, you know, if, as we've all said tonight, whoever whoever pitches and catches at the best come the playoffs has got to win. And um, I just can't wait. Yeah, you've got four really good clubs four clubs full of really good people. Like, I can't remember the last time that any of our clubs had a run-in, really. Um, they're, they're enjoyable games to play because you just know the games are played in the right spirit all the time. Even if there is a little bit of banter, it's usually a bit of, on the fun side. Yeah. yeah, You see a game versus Blacktown and Borka, usually there's some balls flying between me and Phil, Simon. <laughs> For each other's man, please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, um, so yeah, I, I think I think the games have played in really good spirits these days, and you know, it's always great playing against MacArthur because they are just uh, in the nicest way possible. I mean, it's just a dirt dog, do not give up, they compete all the time against you, which brings out the best in our guys because you know that you can't clock off for an inning, um, yeah. You know, Borco's been the same this year. Ryan's been the same. You know, to what did you start off, Matty? Oh, and six or something like that. Yeah, make the playoffs from there. It just shows that that team has a lot of fight in them. You know, Phil said he's had a lot of injuries this year and they've stayed around around the pack. So each team's got their huge positive. Each team's got a bit of a negative, and I just think I can't wait. This is the best time of the year. Yeah. You know, it's the best baseball, it's the best time, it's the best fun. 
And I'm looking forward to having no sleep for a few weeks. <laughs> Mitch, anything you want to add? Just, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. This is, you know, for us, for us hardcore baseball guys that are, live and breathe it, this is Christmas, you know, wrapped up in, in every other public holiday that's out there. Um, you know, it only comes around once a year. It's free baseball. We don't pay for this. It's bonus baseball. Um, you know, our guys are excited. I'm excited. And, uh, you know, baseball Wednesday, Saturday, Sunday, you know, three grades in the playoffs, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be fun for us. And, um, you know, we can't wait to get out there. Uh, and let's get it started. Yeah. Bill? Um, no, I've got, I've, got, I've got nothing other than let's just strip in. I think this is going to be fun. Um, anyone from one to four could take this out. So it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see how everything lands. Yeah. Matt? Well, I just hope uh, it gets the support and the uh, promotion that it deserves. It's going to be a great final series. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I hope it 100%. gets around it. And uh, you know, you'd love to see a few... Uh, few people out there watching the games obviously wednesday night's tough but uh you know get on the stream check it out but then get out there saturday saturday will be a big day of baseball i think there's four games on diamond one you know it should yeah. be all pretty good quality baseball definitely all right guys well um look thanks again for tonight uh it's been great and um look good luck for final series and hopefully we get out to a game or two cheers guys thanks guys thanks, thanks guys thanks. see you later Roger. Hey, that was good. It's uh good to see an in insight into like well, all those guys we've we've uh we've played against and or with at yeah. some point in our careers. So it's um yeah, really good to to see how their their minds ticking at this time of the season. And like they said, this is the best best part of the season. Like every team has a chance. We're getting some high quality baseball. Mate, it's gonna be gun. As it's just said, as you can imagine, passing into both for Borco in any category, but young Phil wins by leaps and bounds in the good looks category. Oh, well, got a fan. <laughs> Phil's got one fan. It's uh, Azza. There you go. That's it. I thought that for sure would go down Ben Maguire's path, but I thought I thought he, I thought, he'd, I thought he'd jump on the yeah. Benny Maguire bandwagon for sure. Yeah. Come on, Azza. Yeah. Coach, coach <laughs> enough time. Maybe you spent too much time with him. Maybe that's why. Maybe. <laughs> hey, <laughs> like, look, his, like his brother now. <laughs> hey, Rog. Yeah. Um, hey, oh yeah, I'm not going to respond. Yeah. Okay. Very, Can't read that good. one out. No. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Azza. Can't read that one. <laughs> what was that no, one from no. Benny? <laughs> <laughs> but um, before we go, Rog, uh, we've got an announcement of our new segment, which we, we're starting. We do. We do. Now, Rog, we actually put it now. I, I can't say we put a the, we put a video you, together. I put you a video put together, together. <laughs> and you thought it was okay. But, um, yeah, look, we, we just wanted to announce, obviously, a new segment that we're going to have going um, Monday nights. Obviously, it won't be this Monday night. But um, on Tuesday, we will discuss how it's going to run. But um, we just wanted to play this quick video to sort of let you know who the, who the coaches are. Let's let them see it. 
We found those two guys out the back, right? Didn't we? Yeah, they're just hanging around. They're asking, yeah. asking if we had anything for them. Thought, oh, this is a good opportunity. <laughs> we, we honestly believe that we've got two of the best coaches um, around to come and help, sort of give give answers to to players and give answers to coaches about coaching, about you know things that people want to develop on and sort of it was it was something that we sort of thought well there is a gap um let's fill it so pops and gads are going to have their own their own little segment on monday night at seven o'clock where they're going to be able to you know give people give coaches give kids you know come and ask your questions put your questions in the comments and look if you don't want to put your questions in the comments and rather stay anonymous, just send either Roger or myself a message and uh, we can ask those questions for you. Because obviously, you know, some people might be embarrassed about asking certain questions, but, look, that's okay. Uh, we're happy to sort of put those in and put them out there for you. But, yeah, look, we're, we're super excited to have, you know, the calibre of Pops and Gary um, to help us, you know, build, build what we're doing here. But, um, yeah, we, we sort of look from a coach's perspective, you know, which better way to go than two guys that have been around the game forever and they know their stuff. And like, as yeah. Roger and I even said today, there would have been almost, what, 90% of the people in New South Wales had an interaction or something with either Gaz or, or Pops. Yeah. You know, and that's, you know, yeah. that, that's massive. And like, to be able to pick those guys' brains in regards to coaching and also in regards to, you know, you know, you're a player and you've got a question about something in particular, you know, you can come we've we've now got a platform where you can ask who are the best in my opinion, you know, what what can we do? How do we make it work? You know, is there a training session or something you, you need? You know, and we've got those guys there now. So um as I said, Blackhound for the win in playoffs, but Hammer for the win in best-looking manager in the playoff. No way, Rog. Ben McGuire looks like Cole Santa Lance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. There we go. There we go. But, um, Rog, any final thoughts, mate, before we get out of here? Um, uh, I think... Uh... I think the straight bad answers were kind of what I'd expect from uh, yep. some of those questions. Um, but uh, yeah, they, they're all right in their response about it to, though. So they all on their day, they can beat each other hands down. So like, it's, it's going to be a duel every game. It's going to be those tight one run all games, or it's going to be the team. Like Mitch said, it's going to be a team that gets the other team off their plan. Yeah. And, and yeah, and we should see some absolute high quality baseball uh, this this coming uh, final series. So like they said, if you're there, if you're there or thereabouts, get out to Blacktown. Like it's yeah, going to be worth it. Totally, totally agree. And um, I obviously won't be out there, Rog, because I've got other things to do. 
And um, all right, I'll, I'll find I'll find a way to get out there. I have to <laughs> take a family family trip out there. Yeah, <laughs> I'm a, I'm a family my kids and get out there. That's it. Well, it'll only be me and the kids, so <laughs> yeah, no one. I'll, I'll just I'll just I'll just give Mel the day off and I'll say, hey babe, I'll take the I'll take the kids. Don't worry, I got this. <laughs> yeah, She'll be happy to see the back of us for oh no. She'll just be happy to see the back of us for, for one day at least. Yeah, cool. <laughs> well, mate, well um I will see you on Tuesday night. And you will. Um, yeah, hopefully we can um, delve a little bit further into the into the coach's corner and how it's all gonna work. Sounds great. See you then. No worries. See you guys. See you guys. Bye. So well. I want to rip the left field up on it.